Welcome to How to Be a Money Magpie, the podcast from moneymagpie.com. I'm Jasmine Bertels and I'm the founder of Money Magpie. And this podcast looks at all sorts of aspects of money from investing to cryptocurrencies to making money on the side. And today we're looking at investing in property, which is something I know in the UK we love doing. And I know all about this because I used to present Homes Under the Hammer, and that program just goes from strength to strength. Now, what, what I'm going to do is to ask an absolute expert about this, and that is my friend Jill Fielding of Fielding Financial, um, and they run online and in-person courses on how to invest in property for the newbie and the experienced investor. Hello, Jill. Hello, Jasmine. What a lovely introduction. I'm very impressed. We both sound wonderful, don't we? <laughs> don't we? Don't we? <laughs> we are. And we Come are. on. And we are. Yeah. Yes. So I thought I'd start Jill, talking about you as a property investor because you walk the walk. You know, you don't just tell people how to do it. You have invested in property through your life. Can you give us a whistle stop tour of your investments, your property investments? Uh, well, I can. And it's a rather bizarre story because, um, you know, I know, Jasmine, because we've known each other quite some time, that I'm a rags to riches story. So I was born in the East End of London with absolutely no money and no support and nothing with a, a toilet that was down the end of a concrete yard. Mm -hmm. And I'm now I'm sitting in the kitchen of a, of a wonderful large mansion in the Sussex Hills. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got seven toilets and they're all indoors, which is something <laughs> I would never have imagined when I was a child but um, so my starting life was very poor and so when I decided to get myself educated I had this strange notion that I had to provide accommodation so I got myself a place at university and I saved up and worked five jobs and all the rest of it to get a deposit to put down to buy a flat um, not realizing that universities uh, supply accommodation because I was that stupid um, anyway I bought the flat moved in and then I realized there was university accommodation and all these other things going on so what I did was I moved straight back out again and moved into uh, with some some friends uh, student friends and let out the flat that I'd bought so I was an accidental landlord at the beginning and I'd accidentally bought a buy to let but it worked like a dream I you know I was not 19 years old so it's over 40 years ago um, and uh, I put a tenant in there they paid me a nice rent and then when I left university I sold that property for about four times what I paid for it because the market was going through and up I sold it and bought another one and then I sold that one and bought two and then suddenly the the, the portfolio was up and running uh, and and here I am and I still buy and still invest to this day I do it differently of course um, mm. But um, uh, property has always ran along uh, a corporate career. Um, and then about 25 years ago, I, I stopped working for a living and stopped the big corporate game and just uh, concentrated on my properties and other wealth creation stuff and creating fielding financial and, yeah. you know, and then we were off and running and, you know, met you and all that kind of stuff. So I've had a, a lovely life for the last 25 years talking to people about how to make money and uh, how to invest. And it's been absolutely fantastic. So you say that you do still invest in property now, but in different ways. What, what sort of things do you do now? Um, I would joint venture 
um, with what I call fancy pants deals. Um, at, at Fielding Financial, we teach um, a structured approach to investing, and it starts with the very first investment, which is a simple buy to let, um, and it goes up the different tiers through different types of refurbishment and HMOs, houses, multiple occupation, service accommodation, all those things, up through capital projects. And right at the very top is fancy pants deals. And that's like, uh, at the moment, I'm involved in building a block of 26 retirement flats. Wow. Uh, now, I'm not doing it because I'm sitting here in my kitchen talking to you, but I contribute to that financially and, and you know, strategically. Um, and the journey on property investing for me is three different definitions of DIY. So when you first start, you do it yourself. That's what DIY stands for. And as you get more experienced and more knowledgeable, you direct it yourself, which is the next DIY. And then when you get to my level, you don't involve yourself. <laughs> so I'm at that level now where I don't involve myself because I'm doing projects that I couldn't possibly do. Uh, so, but I'm involved in different ways. So. I started off with a simple buy to let, went through all the different tiers, and now I'm at the don't involve myself level. <laughs> well, as you know, you know, we've talked about this and I, I love the idea of investing in property, but when it comes to the actual practicalities, it, it just seems like a lot of time and effort. So I, I'm, I'm guessing that the people who come to your courses, on the whole, they need to understand that it, it's an effort. It's not just, you know, like on Homes Under the Hammer. Oh, suddenly, look, this, this lovely property has suddenly magicked out of something they've bought at a, a, an auction. It does involve a lot of effort. I mean, I think property investing is one of the most commonly misunderstood topics uh, in the world because actually it is a profession. Uh, it's a serious profession with serious ramifications if you don't know what you're doing. And of course, people watch programs like Homes Under the Hammer and other property makeover programs and it looks easy uh, but what they 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 don't realize is all the sweat and tears and effort that goes into it um, so it, it is a profession it is something that becomes more profitable the more experienced you are and the more knowledge that you have and of course with every profession um, it kind of gets easier with time but people think it's easy and I think that's because um, everybody lives somewhere. So, so everybody thinks, uh, oh, I've rented a house, I've bought a house to live in uh, with my cat and partner, uh, therefore investing must be the same. And it couldn't be more different uh, than chalk and cheese. It's, it's a completely different animal because one's an emotional thing and the other one is a strategic, um, research, ev evidence-driven, um, exact science. Yes, and that, that makes me think, you know, again, you're, you're saying about, you know, emotion versus business, basically. What would you say are the biggest mistakes that, that new property developers or would-be, you know, landlords, etc., make? It's all to do with jumbling up the emotion with uh, the, the science, and I'll call it the science of property investing just to, to make it easier. And too often people will look at a property and part of them in their head or their heart is saying, mm, could I live there? Would my pink sofas go there? Mm, no, absolutely. And what we teach is a, a, a process. It's a, a methodology, uh, a procedure. Uh, and you go through one step and you get the ticks and you go through the next step and get the ticks. And then you go through the next step and you get the ticks. And if you go through all the process, and it's all ticked off, 
then the only thing left to do is to buy it. And of course, that makes it so much easier because if you're a, an inexperienced investor or you're not knowledgeable about that kind of thing, you're always sitting there thinking, oh, shall I buy it? Shall I not buy it? Is it the right one? Is it in the right place? Um, you, whereas if you go through the processes, it takes all of that angst away. It takes all the emotion and the fear away because you've got a tick in every box. Therefore, the evidence is there and it works. And all you've got to do is go, just go and buy it. Uh, so yeah. um, I think that's the thing, is the differentiation really between what I call a domestic purchaser and a property investor. Yeah, so it's very much a, a, a business. You're looking at the bottom line all the time, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely looking at the bottom line. And we teach our people to calculate um, return on their cash, cash flow. We even teach people how to calculate to the penny, which is the best investment. Because when you're first starting, you don't know what you're doing and you might throw three pins into a map as potential investment areas and it comes out as Birmingham, Bristol and Brighton. And of course, they're three. you're trying then to compare apples with oranges with pears. Well, we've even got a formula and a process which compares apples with oranges with pears and tells you to the very penny which is the best investment uh, I mean you know it's just wonderful it's a beautiful it's like a systems flow chart uh, I've seen over time that what that does is it gives people confidence mm. because they can see that they're following the path and they can see the evidence is there and they can see that it works and so they're not sitting at home biting their nails sleepless nights wondering whether it's the right investment or not because you know it is because it's on the piece of paper <laughs> so it's very reassuring now i probably know what you're going to say the answer to this but given the the tax problems now and and all the extra things that are being piled on to landlords is it still honestly a good investment property is it is it still worth are you going to get a decent return as a landlord particularly i'm thinking landlords rather than you know flipping properties at the moment uh, the answer is of course uh because a lot of the tax changes and the regulatory changes are changes in favor of the professional investor and away from the amateur investor because oh. the government doesn't like amateur investors because they're the types of people who are doing it as a hobby the government think they're not taking it seriously and therefore damage tenants mm -hmm. and you know their safety and so on so what the government want is for us all to be professional so they're bringing in uh pieces of regulation and and every year as you know there's something new that comes in if you are a professional landlord and you're taught by somebody like us, it's easy because we do it anyway, because we're professional trainers, you know, we're professional investors. Um, so things like, you know, the electricity installation condition reports that came in this year, um, our people were already doing it because we teach people how to do it properly. And then specifically about the, 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 the tax, um, Again, when you're doing it properly, what the, the government want is for people to structure their portfolios professionally. And that tends to be 
putting the properties into a corporate structure, a corporate legal entity. Now, the corporate legal entities do not suffer this Section 24 tax thing that everybody talks about because that applies only to personal income and properties owned personally. And, of course, the amateur, the inexperienced, tends to own the properties in their own name because that's all they know um, and they get walloped for tax because the government don't want to encourage that kind of behaviour, whereas if you put the properties into a nice corporate structure, you get a professional surrounding, you don't suffer the tax. Yeah. So all of these things, Jasmine, it's quite interesting. Every time there's another challenge thrown out, I look underneath the headline and look behind the headline and I think, hmm, yeah, so the government are now doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, um, for example, something that will come sooner or later is landlord re registration. Now, you've got landlord registration for HMOs, houses, multiple occupation. You often have re registration if you want to rent out to students. So the university concerned will ask you to register. So our students are taught to register anyway. Mm -hmm. because it increases your demand, it increases your potential marketplace, all that kind of stuff, because we're doing it as a profession. So when landlord regulations and, and registration comes in, we've already done it. <laughs> so it's not, not an issue. It'll only be an issue if, you, if you've never done that, that kind of thing before. And, and who do you register with then? Uh, the answer is it depends. It depends on what you're, you want to do. So if you want to... Um, uh, invest in an HMO, a house of multiple occupation, and you want to put students in it and so on, you would have to get a license from the local authority concerned. So that would be a specific governmental thing. If you want to um, do a student accommodation and you want to use, most universities have like a um, accommodation portal and uh, to put your properties on there, Obviously, that's a great source of demand uh, and you're going to get your properties let. Often universities will ask you to register with them mm -hmm. and they will do a loose what you and I would call a fit and proper person test. Yeah. OK, to make sure that you're 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 good enough. And of course, the the, the nice thing about fielding financial and, and this is one of the things that's always been a big driver for me is. I want integrity in the organisation. I've always wanted to, to, for people to do it properly, um, very profitably, because you, you can be very profitable and still be a lovely landlord or landlady and send them flowers and do whatever you want to do. Um, and I've always wanted that integrity. So we actually, uh, we're the only uh, property education company in the country that is accredited. So we went through the whole hurdle of getting our courses accredited with AQA. Mm -hmm. um, so that immediately gives our students an element of credibility. So they can go to a mortgage provider, go to the local authority and say, actually, I've got a qualification, um, which puts them ahead of the game all the time. And that was really important to me because I come from a accountancy compliance background and I and I wanted that professionalism and that 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 credibility and that integrity i think that's important it's integrity yeah absolutely and speaking of your courses you you've got a whole range i mean it's from like a, a, it seems like a one hour online one to to a few years worth so roughly speaking what kind of courses do you offer to to new and experienced um people uh, developing uh, property developers 
well, as you rightly say, um, we have a course for, for every single thing. I mean, we obviously start at the bottom and we have like a, a we have a buy to let live online course um, so people can can sign up for six weeks. And in fact, I love doing that one because uh, I sit here jabbering away like I am now. <laughs> and um, uh, and the course is called How to Buy a Buy to Let in Six Weeks. And we start with reviewing the market, then finding the deal, then evaluating and every week. And, and at the end of the six weeks, people should be able to buy a property. Um, so we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we do general courses, uh, introduction to all the different spheres of, of investing uh, because that's income generating and capital generating. Uh, then we do specialist courses on HMOs, housing multiple occupation. We do serviced accommodation because a lot of people are in, into that. Um, we do we do auctions, buying at auctions, and then you know we do a course for every type of strategy. We've even got a course for providing accommodation for assisted living because oh, uh, wow. that's a fantastic environment to, to get into. And we've got a young man, and you know you wouldn't know it to look at him, but he takes these great big HMOs. Um, and turns them into assisted living environments for young men with mental health difficulties. You know, and it's an amazing strategy. Um, and it's just heartwarming and it's fantastic. So we go through all of that. And then at the very top, um, we have a developer's course. So, you know, make, build your own block of flats, housing estate that, you know, right at the very, very top. So we, we go from the, 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 the baby buy to let and all the way up. And the buy to let is always the first investment, Jasmine, because it's small, mm-hmm. it's income generating and it's low risk. Um, and I think people don't often realise that income generating is the key because you don't go broke banking checks every month or getting a rent every month, um, whereas you could go broke doing something else. So we like to start off there because that's when people are most protected. Because if you're getting a check every month, if you're getting rent every month, you're okay. And, and is it the case that really you ideally you need a few, you need to have the I mean, I'm just thinking of spreading your bets, basically, you know, which is what one of the fundamentals of investing. It's better to have money in a, in a few different properties than just one, because if it's just one, you could have a void period for six months, you know, or problems, you know, but then if you've got a few, you can go on the others as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely right, Jasmine. I mean, the one of the principles of our organisation is to be as low risk as possible. Um, and obviously you minimise your risk with education and all these things that I've been talking about, but you also minimise your risk with volume. And a lot of people don't understand that. They think, oh, I'm just going to be safe and buy one. Well, actually, one can be problematic because if you can't get a tenant. Now, I would hope that would never happen to any of our students because we do lots of work to make sure the tenant is is viable before we buy the property. But if something like a boiler breaks or something happens, if you've got one, you've got a problem. If you've got half a dozen and something goes wrong with one, you haven't got a problem because the other five cover it. Um, So actually there is safety in numbers. um, And one is definitely more risky than than six. And six is more risky than than 26. Um, But of course, everybody has to start with the first one because it's the first one, you know, so everybody has to start there. Uh, but getting a strategic plan in place where you you have a, an idea of building up that portfolio in different areas to protect risk. So you can spread geographic risk, you can spread uh, property type 
risk. Uh, so all of those things to make your pound as safe as possible. Because I always think, you know, I'm 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 a widow and I've got three children um, and I've been a single mum for, for quite a long time. And I always think every single pound is my children's inheritance. Yes. You know, so it's important to me. It really, really matters to me to get it right, to be protected but to make as much money from it as I can. Uh, and that's the, the principles of a, of a mum, I think. <laughs> and you mentioned talking about the, the market at the, the start of your courses. What, what would you say is the situation with the market at the moment, the, the property market? Because it seems to be a bit of a mix uh, at the moment. You've got some parts that are doing very well, others that just seem to be a bit stagnant. What, what's your view? Uh, it's quite interesting, isn't it? And um, uh, a lot of people before the pandemic said, you know, the market was topped out and, you know, it wouldn't go up anymore. And I was frantically talking on podcasts and webinars and saying, it's going to go up, it's going to go up, because uh, the demand was there. So if we look at where we are now, the estimates are for next year that the market will keep going um, because um, I think I read recently that something like 22%, so about one in five people are very eager to, to move next year. So that when there's a lot of transactions, prices keep going up. And of course, the issue we have in the UK is we have a massive demand and very low supply. Um, and supply during the pandemic is just almost ground to a halt because the building has continued, but not at the uh, right rates. But uh, demand has continued to expand. And of course, with, with lockdowns, people now want lifestyle changes, different types of properties. So, so my guess is I don't think it will be quite as frantic next year as it's been in the last year. But my, my educated guess is that it will keep on growing and it might change a little, but it will keep on growing along its normal trend line, which is which is up because the demand is so strong and that isn't going to go away. Well, thank you so much for that, Jill. That's really helpful. So now if we um, if we want to join one of your courses, where do we go? Um, if you go to fieldingfinancial.com, uh, you can get in touch with the office. There are courses that are listed there. Um, and uh, there are courses that are like a two hour course for free. Uh, and there's also access to these live online courses that we do and, and other things. So buildingfinancial.com is the place to start. Uh, well, thank you. That's that's your lot from us today. My thanks to Jill Fielding of Fielding Financial for telling us about how to be a successful property developer. And as she said, there's more about her courses at fieldingfinancial.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is, of course, Money Magpie. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jasmine and on Instagram at Jasmine Bertels. And if there's a particular subject you'd like us to cover in our podcast, just let us know on the Money Magpie uh, boards, you know, just, just uh, get in touch with editorial at moneymagpie.com and get in touch with us on social media. We love to hear your ideas. Today's episode was presented by me, Jasmine Bertels, and the producer was Jenny Bertels.